I like how we're like, oh, we need a theme. Let's just have mom talk about her traumatic childhood. No, this is good. Welcome to an episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We are here, Lily, Becky, and Shy together, and the all-time greatest, everyone's favorite special guest, Fanny Corman, our mother. Because we're going to do today's episode a little different than normal. But mom, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel very welcomed. Can I just and say, I get to hug my little can I, one. Can I just say shout out to mom who changed her outfit right before recording to put on one of her new Friday night movie t-shirts? That's mom, wanted to be in mom, the movie. mom, exactly. Mom brings the excitement and the joy. Now, before we get to talking about mom, uh, we're gonna do things slightly different this week. We want to start at the top and just express our, our deep solidarity with the sag astra strike with the wga writers with everybody in the entertainment community that is going to be facing financial hardship coming up um uh we love tv and movies in our family like before there was a podcast what do we love to do on a friday and saturday you know a friday night we go into the movies that's the origin story of our family's love language and the people who write these things the people who act in them and then all the people that flow from there they make it possible and we're very grateful to all of them and they deserve to be treated fairly. And, uh, and the way in which we feel like we're able to support um, in, in our best way is to uh, donate to and encourage other people to donate to the entertainment community fund, which is a, a long lasting fund. It used to be called the actors fund and it provides all sorts of services for people in the entertainment industry and very specifically, for those that are going to be affected by the economic impacts of the very necessary work stoppage, so people uh, get their fair treatment, um, but people are going to suffer hardship. And if you donate to this fund, this fund offers financial assistance to people. So the Entertainment Community Fund, entertainmentcommunity.org. Please go. If you love movies and TV and the people that make them, please go and donate. Um, and... Uh, and from here, we're not going to talk about, so in our own little weird prod, podcasty protest this week, we're not going to talk about, we're going to try to do the whole show without talking about any specific studio hosted or run property. We're going to, we're going to talk about actors for sure, actors that we love. So we're going to celebrate the artists, um, but we are going to first dive into our own mother's origin story which is cinematic in its own right and then from there we're going to play a little castaway of how we would cast the different characters and there is a rule we cannot cast all the men in mom's origin story as andy garcia because initially when i was making it wouldn't my even list, be right it was it just you be... should perfect. be zeta louise perfect, andy garcia tio mario andy garcia andy garcia yeah mom. uncle harry Andy Garcia with a beard. <laughs> I like it. But we're not going to just do that. So I, actually, let's do it as we're telling the story so people get some pop culture in the story. Okay. So, However, I have to tell you, I am totally in solidarity with, uh, you know, supporting the actors and, and the writers. And I will be making a donation, at least the amount that I spent at the movies the other day. Before the strike started, at least, and the popcorn. So that amount. So mom, is mom, I just want to say you have to spend more because <laughs> you use my AMC stubs to get a discount. I did. You discount. know what I you did? Probably you probably spent three dollars to go to the movies. Wait, <laughs> what happened is more. I used your AMC stub by accident, and then I canceled those tickets because I remember you telling me stop using my AMC stubs. <laughs> and then I tried to sign up for Wait, it. Wait, so you don't let your own mother use your AMC stubs? Who are you saving them for? They need Who your. Who are you I saving them for? They need I your ID gone for free. But instead, second of I all, spent Becky. Second of all, Becky, in this new year, when we're back living next to each other, we're going to do movie days as lots research for the podcast. Lots, like, lots you have to go three times movies. a week for it to pay off. 
anyway, I will, and I and it's very hard not to talk about it, so I won't in respect for your solidarity. But we saw a fantastic big screen movie this week. Okay. Well, and okay. I hope yeah, that the writers like, and the actors. No, that's just for this episode. We'll still. Okay. In, oh, but Lily, I think you should make your bigger point. In the big picture, we are going to talk about things. Of and specifically, we are going to give love to independent films. Good. Because even though they ultimately have to go into the system, we know so many people and have been so lucky to interview so many people that are. But also by by watching the stuff you would normally watch and watching the studio stuff and i would not say support it's not about support but it's more of like showing your love for those actors and writers you're proving the point that they deserve more so like if the whole point you know what i mean like yes you don't want to give more money to the studios but they have a lot of money they're they're not their issue isn't not getting money but (laughs) but it is an issue if a movie does bad you know what i mean and actors were in it it gives them a little bit less of a leg to stand on. Whereas if things continue doing well for a film, you know what I mean? Those actors can be like, look, see, give me more because my, you know, I made your movie amazing. Exactly. And so, so, so after this episode, turning we, our backs on every, all the pop culture. That I'm not suggesting you are. I said for today's episode. Yeah. Well, for today's episode. Already, I will not mention the movie, but it was fantastic. Oh my God, she's such a tease. This one. Where was it set? Just give us a location. Location manager. In about five different, five or six different locations. Shit. Oh, oh, okay. I know. It was okay. Wait, I mean, I'll just use lots of stunts. Yeah, I'll okay, just, okay. Got it, got it, got it. I got it, I got it, I got it. I got it. Okay. Maybe mom can work in the actors. <laughs> I have to in. educate my daughter. Don't just worry. whisper it to her. You're oh, 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 oh. It's like, oh, that movie starts with. Did you see Time Cops? (laughs) In the big screen. They were were doing like a retro Which one of you is the Time Cop fan? Me. I love us. JCVD. That's a great episode of of This Get Made. Um, That movie's so good. But but also, if you're going to watch things, check out things made by independent filmmakers. And you can just listen to our last few podcast episodes to see some great ones. I, I try to follow them. Um, so, all right, mom, you have an amazing story. It is cinematic in itself. Well, okay. I mean, maybe let's, let's start though. Not even with your parents. Let's start with your grandparents. Okay. Okay. You're, you're, you, how did your family get to Cuba? Set the stage. So let's start with my father's parents. Um, my grandfather was Zayde Ichimaya. Zayde for the three non-Jews that listen to the show means grandfather. His grandfather. And he, uh, he, Isaac is, he, but he was always known as Ichimaya. So, um, which is his Jewish name. And that's what he went by. Uh, he was from Warsaw and he had an interesting life. He was tall, good looking guy, spoke fluently spoke read and wrote in five languages he was highly educated in fact he went to high school in jamaica new york for a while and then he joined the canadian infantry to fight against the germans in world war one and um he uh actually was injured in a battle with a bayonet on his hand he also used to show me the uh you know, the scar on his hand. And he would sing all the songs. Like if you watch a movie from World War One, all the songs they sing, he used to sing them for me in English when I was a little girl because he remembered his days in the army. And then after the war, he went back home to Warsaw and he was one of nine children. It was a wealthy family. I imagine they owned businesses and land and buildings. And, and he was, okay, so I'm going to stop there because at the same time, my grandma, my father's mother, was born in a town called Berdichev, which is famous for being the birthplace of um, Shalom Aleichem. Isn't that where like all the a lot of the old timey stories come from? All the yes, great, exactly. Like, like the guy stories. who wrote the, the Tevye's Five Daughters, the Fiddler on the Roof story, came from that town, and uh, that's, that's near so Kiev. So she used to say she was from Russia because at that time it was Russia, you know, before the revolution. Then, but it's actually what today is Ukraine. Is known as at one time it was also Ukraine, but she always referred to her. So while as, we're expressing solidarity for things, yeah, correct. So I have, I have an ancestry from the Ukrainian part of the world, 
And her name was, we knew her as Bobe Pesale, Bobe meaning grandma, and uh, Pesle was her name. Although in Cuba, she was known as Pola. Spelled Lily for your benefit, P-O-L-A, Pola. That's cute. I like that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I just okay. made the connection. That is really And cute. so they my met. My son's middle name is Paul, right. P-O-L. So her mother, her and her sister and an uncle walked from Berdichev to Warsaw. This was the time of the pogroms and everybody was, there was a mass exodus. Really, imagine Fiddler on the Roof, only probably later on than the story takes place in, in, the, in the play and the movie people know. And they found their way to Warsaw with the intention of coming to the United States because my great-grandmother's husband had abandoned them and left for the U.S. Now, it's unclear whether he abandoned them or he died on the way, but they never heard from him again. He disappeared. So they decided that they were going to try to find him and they were going to go to the U.S. They end up in a refugee neighborhood in Warsaw. And my great grandmother thought it would be a good idea for her daughters to learn English because the destination was going to be the U.S. And my grandfather had offered his services as an English tutor because his English was perfect. And he ended up, he was 10 years older than my grandmother. He ended up teaching her in a manner of speaking, because I think instead of teaching her English, they fell in love and uh, they got married. I love when mom tells the romantic starts, romantic. the romantic parts of her stories. Yeah, they're great. Um, she uh, she was a, you know, an, a refugee and you know, was she used to tell me stories like she was incredibly overwhelmed by his very large, wealthy family. And they had a big wedding and blah, blah. And then my grandfather, who didn't want to live in Warsaw or be under the thumb of his family, decided that they were going to leave for America. But the only way you could get to America was to stop in another country. And they ended up stopping. And there's a lot more to that romantic story, but we don't have to get sidetracked. Yeah, on her honeymoon, they did a whirlwind tour of Europe. They went to Paris and London and all these things. So, which is unusual if you think about it. How'd they get to Cuba? Wait, no, but wait, wasn't there a great story about them in Paris? Yes. She wakes up in the morning. Her first night in Paris, she wakes up and there's. Sorry, I love that story. And he's not there. And she. Her first night in Paris, she wakes up in the morning and he's gone. And she's she's panicking that he abandoned her in Paris. (laughs) Turns out he had gone out to get a newspaper and some coffee and (laughs) pastries for her. Because remember, he spoke five languages, so he could probably speak the language of every country they went to. And um, and he did come back. So she calmed down anyway. So in the end, he and my grandmother's sister who we knew her in later life as Rose, her her name was Raika. She and the and my Bobegitale, which was uh, my great grandmother, all went to Cuba because Cuba had to be the way to get to the US. And they got to Cuba. And my great grandmother was fond of saying there was nothing here but heaven and earth. It was empty, which is really funny because it, the Cuban Jewish community was established. It existed much before that, but it was established in 1906. And this was after World War One. So there had to be a proper community there already. There were synagogues. And she there. had high standards. She had, yeah, because she came from this small town, Berdichev. And well, actually, it's probably not that small, whatever. But, you know, she had high standards. It was very funny. But in their quest to leave, to go to the States, they went through Mexico to get permits to get into the U.S. And when they got to Mexico, it was the Zapata Revolution. And uh, if you know anything about Mexican history, there were many revolutions and they got caught in the middle of one of them and people were running around. You know how in the movies with the the belt of ammunition and the machine the bandolier. guns? And, yeah. And it was like the Wild West. And my grandmother, who had as a child just lived through a revolution, she panicked and she said, I can't do this. We have to go back to Havana. It's nice and quiet there. And they ended up back in Havana and stayed for 40 years. Um, you know, okay. in, in terms of the full length of time, that's okay. my father's parents. And that's and my that's father only, was born in Havana. Only, that's only your father's parents. <laughs> yes. And the stories are much more complicated than that, but it, you don't have enough time for it. Anyway. anyway, they go back to Cuba and you should know that my grandmother, Bobe Pesale was very beautiful and you've seen photographs of her. Um, anyway. Everybody lived together at the beginning. And I guess uh, eventually my aunt, my great aunt found, you know, got in, fell in love with Motel and they got married. And so she moved out. But my great grandmother always lived with them. And my father and his brother Morris were born and they grew up in Havana. 
Okay, uh, so they grew up in Havana, and your mother also. Now, my mother's, we're going to go back to my mother's parents. My mother's father was from Lithuania, also a large family. I don't even know how many siblings he had, but he came to Cuba with two of his brothers. And they had money in their pocket. They they didn't come penniless. And so as soon as he got to Havana, they opened up a mechanic shop because by then the first cars were already, you know, after World War One, people already started to own cars. And uh, before cars, they used to repair carts, I guess, or whatever. He was always a mechanic of a sort. And um, his family in Lithuania had a soda, like a, you know, like a seltzer factory where they make soda water. Shy, you would be yeah. happy to know. Okay. And uh, they owned horses. And my grandfather knew, was a very good horseback rider. I mean, he, he he grew up on horses. You didn't know that, did you? <laughs> he used to go to San Miguel de los Baños to go horseback riding like every week. I didn't know. Um, and anyway, so he, he and his brother went. Now, um, one of his brothers, the there were three brothers all together, was very, very tall. My grandfather did not get the height gene. He was very short. And um, his other brother was kind of middle height, um, Yankel. So the names, Shmulik was my grandfather. <laughs> Yankel was his brother. And then the third brother, Leib, Leib is Luis. So I would suspect that in Cuba, he was Luis. My grandfather, although Shmulik means Samuel, he was actually called Saul. Don't ask me why. I think when people, you picked up a name in English, they just picked up whatever they liked. Um and Yankel is Jacob, Jacobo. Anyway, so they they settled into Cuba. They went with the purpose of staying there and uh, had their mechanic shop for the 40 years that they were in Cuba. Okay, so they had the, they, they had the mechanic shop. They each had four different names that they were called. Yes. Then your parents met in Cuba. Right, wait, my grandmother, my mother's mother was from Warsaw. Okay. Because now we're going to find out how my mother ended up there, right? Oh, right, right. Okay. Uh, so my mother was my mother's mother was from Warsaw. Lily probably looks a lot like her. You know, she um, she wasn't very tall, but she, you know, kind of broad shoulders, very kind of voluptuous kind of woman. I understand. How mom describes you, Lily. I love it. Yeah. Um, Fanny. Yes, Bobe Fanny. She was quite and many uh, others named after her. Right. Apparently, she was everyone. Everyone loved her. Um, she was a cook, like a really good cook. So when she got to Cuba by herself, she left her two children that she had from a previous marriage in Europe, and that's a very long story. So we won't get into it. She went by herself. But just Again, the epilogue is, of course, we remain close with those that family. Many yes, you know, yes, the sense yeah. of that family. They don't. They disappear. weren't abandoned. But it's a complicated story. That's its own movie. No. Okay, Becky. <laughs> I'm not saying I think that. I'm just saying there's there are some elements of the family that believe they were abandoned, but they weren't. She didn't have a choice. She had to leave, and she couldn't take her children with her, and so she went to Cuba. I don't know if she intended to stay in Cuba or go to the states. A lot of people went through Cuba and ended up in the United States, but she ended up staying because she met my grandfather, who used to go to the restaurant where she used to cook at. And now they, we're going to get into no, some, some details, no. some, some discrepancy. You tell your version. You tell yeah, your but version. This is a public venue. I'm going to tell my, my version. Poor grandmother, no, she rest I'm, in peace. I said, I'm not going to tell the version I've heard, but I'm just going to say. The version you heard hearing. makes sense, but the version I'm going to tell is the version I was told. Okay. Is that they, they <laughs> got together. So me. <laughs> they. They got married and they had my uncle. Becky is disgracing we, the memory of her great grandma. Sure, that's the order that things happen. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, she'd been married before. She was divorced, and you know, she was probably more liberal than other women. Um, and as I said, she was voluptuous. Um, <laughs> anyway, my uncle Julio was born, and then my mother was born. And when my mother was born, they actually sent for one of her children who was in Warsaw and uh, they sent for him. And so he ended up coming to Cuba and be part of the family. Uh, and so Warsaw Miguel, or he was in pa Paris? Miguel. No, no, no. Miguel, the, was in Warsaw. Miguel was in Warsaw. OK. All right. My grandmother's sister lived in Dinche, lived in Paris, but Miguel was in Warsaw living on the streets because his the grandmother that was taking care All of him right. died. Let, let, let's take a break in the story here. 
Does anyone? So now wanna... I've set the pattern for the grandparents. Okay. Yes. So let's. Anyone want to cast any of the grandparents? Uh, like I've never heard. I ha- I heard. I have Itching Myers' name. Yeah, Isaac is my middle name. I've never heard him described as right. He's the tall and handsome one. Yeah, taller. He was probably like, but, but also fought in the Canadian Army. So I'm yes. thinking and like spoke five languages. So so and like he had pale. His skin was very ooh, fair. I know. Oh, I know who I cast. Mark Consuelo. No, but he's oh, not. But he's you fair. have to he's understand. He's not tall, handsome. Like uh, my my was grandfather like was a, very. You have to oh, because I guess he's not Cuban he's, yet. He's so not Cuban. Cuban. Someone you have to. You have to think. I'm thinking fastbender. I'm oh, thinking Fassbender, like oh, a man of mystery. European. We haven't gotten to the, yeah. somewhere along the lines we start I'm to. Thinking, <laughs> he I'm looks, like he, the thing is, my it was my grandmother, his wife, Pessel, that was Pola. She was dark-skinned. Or. That's where has, the dark skin comes from. has her down as Sophia Loren. Yeah. Um, no, that doesn't match at all. If he, but wait, hold on. So for Itrick Meyer, Fassbender, or because he's Canadian, I was thinking like very, you know, uh, very debonair very sophisticated i'm thinking maybe christopher Plummer, who is canadian oh that would be a perfect and and, okay he had the demeanor that christopher Plummer would have been known for okay all right and then i i just i just boba pesla you said she's beautiful so i just think dark hair she had black hair dark skin and sophia loren doesn't work for that work for that i guess i never saw her that way she so who do you see her as? I don't know. It's... Elizabeth Taylor? No, not that. <laughs> no, it's not a leading lady kind of. Um, I guess because I met her as a grandmother, it's hard for me to, <laughs> you know. Uh, Lainey Kazam. Lainey Kazam would be better for my mother's mother. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so for that's Bubba Fanny, Lainey Kazam. But a Lainey Kazam that's <laughs> soft. She... I love mom's descriptions. Lainey Kazam is very soft. I just want to snuggle those boobies. What do you mean? Well, that's what she was famous for. Her big boobies you could snuggle with. I never met her. She died before I was born. But she, everyone that knew her, because a lot of people talked to me about her, was that she was very loving and you could just, she took, she was a caretaker. She took care of everybody. Okay, now what about one of the, my favorite characters we have in, to go back your, to in your history is Boba Gitala. Oh, yes. Who, who, just describe her <laughs> okay. physically. You know in Golden Girls, the one that plays the old Estelle lady? Estelle Getty. Was, Estelle Getty? Yes. Estelle Getty. That with a, well, I had her down with as long, a, long white Jessica hair, Tandy. always in a braid and pulled into a bun. I oh. had her as Jessica Tandy. But, but she was short. Jessica Tandy, I feel like was kind of tall. Wasn't Bubba Gita like tiny? Couldn't you like- Well, she might have been her? five foot three at one time. When I met her, she was up to my shoulders. I mean, we're going to keep <laughs> shrinking, folks. <laughs> okay, all right. Now let's flash forward. Let's get into your parents. Describe your parents. My parents. Okay, so then my dad, he was a piece of work. He was very handsome. Wait, when did they meet? Give us the love story. Okay, the love story is intertwined with Raquel and Julio. Okay. All right. Actually, no. Describe your dad. I'll tell you why. No, no, no. They met because my mother's first cousin, Julio, who was like her brother. Who by, by the way, not her brother, Julio, her cousin, Julio. There were three Julios. Right. Four. Yes, there was three, not four. I think there were four. (laughs) Mario thought there were four. but Until he was like 35 years old. Um, Where's the fourth Julio? (laughs) So. I cast Julio, by the way, may he rest in peace. He was so funny and wonderful. I cast Alan Arkin as him because I feel like he, they're tall, he's bald. He's not dark enough. Yeah, tall, but like you're missing. He's like a Cuban of, Alan Arkin. Like, yes, but I feel like if, if we could age Jamie Schmitz like 20 more years <laughs> or 10 more Ooh. years, I see. Who? Jimmy Smith. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Smith. Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Julio is fair skin. Jimmy Smith is not right. No, I, I, please. That man I saw him many times on a boat. I feel like he was. Jimmy Smith could have, my father, he could have played my father. With Jimmy Smith on a boat. No. No. As an Julio, Julio on the boat. He used to, ride, he used to take us He's out of the boat. Yeah. I, got, I thought she was talking about Jimmy Smith too. <laughs> <laughs> no, when would you, I go on a boat with Jimmy Smith? I just mean. Maybe Julio. you saw a movie where he was on a boat. He I don't know. He was so tanned. I feel like. Okay. Anyway, so Julio wanted to date Raquel. So a mix between and they were young. They were sixteen and fifteen years old, or something like that, or sixteen. And in those days, people needed chaperones. You couldn't go out on a date without a chaperone. Here's my pitch for Raquel: 
Kat Dennings. I don't know what? who that is. But she's yeah. very young. Spunky. It's okay. Wait, Bare okay, skin, oh, yeah. black hair. Like think that. Kat Dennings and, and she's, two broke girls. And she's Raquel's still alive. Yeah. Yes. Ninety-five. Um, he's amazing. Anyway, but, butt dials. Uh, wait, that butt let's, dials let's, me on occasion. So Raquel and my father were best friends, and so Julio concocted this story that they should invite his younger cousin Salunya to this date that they wanted to go to the movies to, because then. Salunya could be the chaperone. What no one knew was that they were also Luis. inviting Luis. Right. So it was like a double date. Secret so it ended up being a double date instead of chaperone. But the parents all thought that they were bringing Salunya on this date to be the chaperone so that they wouldn't be alone. And then my parents met on this date and they never dated anyone else again. My mother was 14. My father was 16. And the rest is history. Okay, so describe them. And and oh wait, and Raquel went with Raquel went to your house to ask permission if Salunya could go to the movies. Well, it was Julio, I, I think. Remember, or whatever. And I remember you telling me like then your grandmother gave them like one penny. It was like here. You can <laughs> That's all they needed the was a penny. And get all the popcorn. <laughs> it was like <laughs> no, 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 no. thing costs like one Mom, cent. you also have to <laughs> donate more than that to the entertainment community. No, so so this is what my mother used to tell me when they went <laughs> to the movies, because they used to go to the movies at the Fausto. Remember when we were in Cuba? She showed you that movie theater where they had their first mm-hmm. date. And mm-hmm. She said that my grandmother would pack. Do you do you remember when I told you what cochleton are? Oh yeah, the they're pan like, fried like hamburgers. Meat, like meatballs. <laughs> they're like pan fried hamburgers like that are breaded. Meatballs. Pocket meatballs. <laughs> no, wait. Well, they put them she in. They didn't have ziplocs. Put in a paper bag. Cochleton and platanos, the maduros. <laughs> <laughs> so like fried plantains and, and, bur- and burgers, <laughs> burgers in a paper. No, they're bag. not loose because they have egg and breading in them. So no, they're but just like a bunch of hamburgers in a bag, and they're like, "This is forget about the penny for popcorn." They couldn't afford it, so they would get food to go and eat in the this movie. Is- and what a spread that is. What a spread, right? <laughs> like you couldn't make uh, a sandwich? Like that just it doesn't seem like movie theater food. Maybe they well, put the cochlet, maybe they put the cochlet in the bread. I it don't just know. shows you how much they all like how it must have been love at first sight for their first meal shared to be some like <laughs> greasy burgers out of a paper bag in the movies. You know? I don't know if they ate that at that date, to be honest. I don't know, but, but I do know my mother telling me that that's bring. what they would, when all the cousins went to the movies, that's what she would pack for them. So, so they cute. should have something to eat. Um, anyway, forget the popcorn. I don't think anybody, I don't even know. Is there popcorn in those days? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's, well, what You're year? Talking, well, let's see. If she was born in 1928, 14 years right. later. Yeah, I think let's, popcorn started in the Depression. Let, okay. let, let's cast sure. your parents. Tell that. us about your father. Oh my God, you you don't you didn't know my father, but my father Well, I got to meet him, but yeah, you got to meet him. Um he was, but I was a big. force to be reckoned with, extremely handsome and self-assured, and uh just loved life. So someone now, the person that he looked a lot like was a cross between Jimmy Smiths and Jack Lemon. I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> what? Well, the Jack Lemon, I think, is like the the fun, boisterous personality. The funny guy. And then, the, and then, and then like, always with the a joke. Yeah. Uh, the, and like, then the debonair side is Jimmy debonair, Smith. Right. Yeah. Always well-dressed, Skin. you know, yeah. very, he stood up straight. He was very... Um, very sure of himself. Definitely the life of the party. But then again, so was my mother. He, my mother was more of the life of the party. Now, Lily, who would you cast for you? Because you look the most like my mother. I don't, I don't know. Guys. Well, no, but we're not. Lily's not born in the story yet. No, but my mother, no, I mean, physical type. Like, this physical. is what you see. Is oh, you see. I see. The, eyes, you the hair. I'm I always think of Bubba as like a, a mix between Rosie Perez and Betty White. <laughs> That's because you've but been her later in life, either. but not but, oh, but later in life. That's a good description, Rosie yeah. Perez and Betty White. Because it, yeah. there's something there, but I feel like she's so stunning as a young woman. My God. Well, then Gloria Estefan also because they have she a similar could, nose. Yeah, Gloria Estefan. I think yeah, you can, you they have do. a similar nose. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. But then the Jewish side of her would be like an Amy Irving. You know what I mean? It's like you've got this mix of very, very, uh, you know, a lot of Yiddishkeit and then Latina. So your mom was life of the party. And she also they're both hardworking people. And yeah, they they they, they my mom was a workaholic. They work together, right? Always. Like Lily and Jose. Yeah. Yeah. My mother and and my father always, no matter what business they had, they always worked together. And very romantic. And extremely. Tell us a little bit about their romance. Oh my God. I remember once my mother was wearing like a a sundress in the house. We were having uh it was hot and she was wearing and my father all of a sudden his hand goes up her dress. He starts touching her tushy and tickling it. It's like (laughs) they'd kiss, they would (laughs) he would like they're always all over each other. It was a true romance. Okay. All right. Okay, so we've cast them as a mix between Amy Irving and Gloria Stefan. And then Jimmy and Smith. then a mix between Jimmy Smith and, and Jack Levin. Jack Levin. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So now. Oh, wait. You... My great grand and my grandfather, Schmulik. I think it's um, not Danny DeVito. Who's the guy Although... that played in Mermaids? The British. Uh... Oh, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. That could be good. Yeah. That could, yeah, be, that could be Schmulik. All right. So let's let's now go. You, Harry's born, then you're born. Then Mario's born. Tell that is us correct. about the three of you in Cuba. That like what, no, well, we didn't start in Cuba. My oh, right, you weren't got you... married. They went on their honeymoon to Miami Beach, to South Beach, and then right after the honeymoon, they left for Venezuela because my uncle and my grandparents had moved there, and so they decided to go seek their fortune in Venezuela. Beck, think of Arlington as your Venezuela period. Sure, they only <laughs> they were only there for like few years though should i i know i just because becky i don't you know i don't know how permanent becky wants to feel about it no they were so my mom they went to caracas and then harry was born and then they moved to san cristobal which is up in the andes uh where my aunt rebecca lived and my uncle that's when he got married he moved there with her and that's where they lived so my father went to go into business with his brother they had a roasting coffee roasting plant and a soda fountain shop and my mom ran the soda fountain shop and uh, I was born. And when I was born, they had a dog that was kind of a German shepherd or German shepherd mix, Potota, and who apparently kept Harry away from me because Harry wanted to like smother me. And uh, the dog would sit guard as guardian on the bottom of the crib. And if he got too close, if if he got too close, because he was three years old, the dog would like push him away. Uh, and my father came home one day with a monkey. This is the kind of guy my father was. <laughs> he, he, went, he must have been out in the forest or something and came home with a monkey and they called him Pepe. And my great grandmother lived with us, Bobeguitale, and she hated that monkey. So they put the monkey up in the roof and well, she would chase it with a broom. There's a lot more. There are there are many more monkey stories as to why they got rid of it. I guess none of which mom is telling today. But they, I think one of the things she hated is the monkey used to eat its own poop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there it is. My dad would show up. He showed up with a parrot. So no, wait, so, so wait, who are we casting? Which famous dog are we casting as the dog? And what are we casting as the monkey? I mean, if Harry was Marcel in this podcast, France, he would obviously. want the dog that played Rin Tin Tin. But I'm not sure because it was more of a black German shepherd. Oh, okay. All right. So Rin Tin Tin and Marcel from Friends. All right. Now, Marcel's perfect. Yes. Now, tell us a little bit about describe you, Mario, and Harry, and we're going to cast you. Right. Oh, and Mario was born in Cuba because when Harry was ready for kindergarten, my mom said, Peace out. We're out of here. I'm not living in this backward place. We're going back to Havana. My mother was a city girl. So we ended up back in Havana, and Mario was born. All right. So now describe the three of you so we can cast you. Harry. Oh, my. I, I think you guys are in a better position to cast Harry. Shai, you, you've... I've cast him perfectly, this. so I'm sorry for everyone. What is he? Who is, who's going to play Harry? Harry? Can you read it off the list? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 I mean, I agree because I thought Harry was, was in, in this... the movie. So did I. So the actor, we're not going to say the John Reese davies um, uh, in... Oh, in a... but, but particularly in a movie where he stars with Harrison Ford. Yeah, because when we were little... When we saw him in that movie, I was like, how did Harry get in this movie? For sure. 
Exactly. Okay. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. He looks ex- but I would also say if I was going to go with sort of some a little bit of attitude like or or with a with a uh, with a Latin actor, um, Ruben Blades. Uh, Ruben Blades. He reminds it's, me a lot. You should say Ruben Blades. Ruben oh, yeah. Blades. And Blades. Jo- no, and I'm then, telling you, Blades. his name is Ruben Blades. And then, Why would and you then, say Blades? It's Blades. I, because that's what I think people, anyways. And John Leguizamo, like, I feel like a mix between yeah. those two would have been a good Harry because Harry's very mischievous. Yeah. And but John Leguizamo definitely look, gets the mischievous part. In terms of a look, John Reese Davis. Okay. okay. Mario, also Anti Garcia. Right, that's that's a kid. You could, you yeah, could. What, what about yeah. Mario as a teen? Mario is a kid because Mario is an Andy Garcia, but I, 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 Mario is a teen. Don Leguizamo is a kid. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Skinny, very dark skinned, okay. attitude. He was okay. a surfer. But his yeah. hair was very John Travolta in the Sweat Hogs. No, he had his hair oh, down to his have... shoulders. He was like you. He had his hair really well, long. And then he cut it like Travolta eventually, but okay, all right, okay. And then who plays mom, guys? I have okay. since, since I, I have okay. my own. Okay, Becky, go. Okay, hear me out. But I think I younger mean, next team. to me, I could pick. Oh, no, and also, by the way, no, we are just I'm saying being... in advance, we are not being usually when we cast, we think about we're not being bound by any particular oh okay cultural okay. background in this case oh no i'm yeah. i'm going like well cultural crossover okay. um i'm thinking you know teen 15 year old mom 16 year old mom with the long hair all the way down to her butt she's joyful and sassy a bit of a party animal um i'm thinking a young well actually it could even be an old jennifer lopez because she still looks really young okay yeah. she's okay. got like the voluptuous body, well, the long you. hair, the energy, the energy, the like glow the that everyone wants to be I around. Mom has more like energy has... than Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, so, but I'm thank what? you, Lily. I mean, I'm flattered that you think she should play me, but thank you. <laughs> so let me just li- list the actors I thought were mom, the same way I thought the actors are Harry. So one is Mercedes Rule. Oh that's yeah, really but that's okay. like mom in the eighties. Yeah, mom. That, that's, like, no, that's mom in the late. That's mom. Mom growing up in no, Puerto Rico. Mom. That's mom in the late eighties. Okay, or early nineties, especially Mercedes Rule in um in uh, Married to the Mob. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I mean honestly, there's no better description of mom. Rachel Ticotin in early nineties. Uh, who's that? Why are you making up names? <laughs> no, Rachel Ticotin. You gotta. You know, from Total Recall and one oh, good cop. Yeah, from Total Can Recall. Can you show okay. me what she looks like? Here, I'll show you. Just, I'll just show you pictures of Total Recall. Hold on. Okay, right. and then, but Mom in the eighties when she had a perm, you have to go with and 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 I and I recognize this is, but like you know, we're not talking like we're we're talking about innocent shy Lily and Becky who didn't know better. And also contextually, our mom was in TV contextually, the male character she was opposite looked just like Dad. Yes, so we were very confused. Yeah. So I, I Noreen Virgin, <laughs> who played Jody on today's special, today's special, like she had the very full... dark when you guys remember me. <laughs> well, well, so first of all, first of all, mom dark. had very dark skin, and also you, you both were both more head to toe. Because they tanned with oil back she then. She would just put like number two Hawaiian tropics oil Which is just all over oil. body when we would go to the beach. Yeah, it's just... She would just crisp up like in an air fryer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in an air fryer. Yeah. And so Noreen Virgin, but also you both wore pink jumpsuits from head to toe. But everybody wore pink jumpsuits. <laughs> right. So, and you had a perm and she had a perm. So like there was, and then. I honestly Jeff... thought you were going to cast me as uh, Gray. What's her name? Jennifer Gray. Oh, that's oh. what I thought you were gonna she, do. She had short hair, and you had maybe long when hair. you were younger. Maybe when you were younger, um, and then and then because Dad looks so much like Jess Hifslop in the eighties, the guy who was Jeff on Today's <laughs> like, Special, with his like, like curly hair and vests. And like uh, little kids in the eighties, we like watched like two shows. One yeah. had Muppets in them, and this is the only one that had humans. <laughs> the other one <laughs> starred our parents. And the other one yeah. starred our parents. It made perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> So that's you guys are a riot. No, so but I still mom. think, um, you know, the curly hair before she got her nose job, Jennifer Gray might have that. looked the I, most like I me physically. That. Okay. So now with the time we have left, you got to tell us the escape. This We've been building for this, the escape Uh-oh. from Cuba story. And we'll close on the escape from Cuba story. 
the escape room. The escape from Cuba. Oh, the escape from Cuba. Sorry, I have to put up my hearing aids louder. (laughs) I just want you to know, I have another friend, though. I think there's something with my voice and hearing aids, because I have another friend. She had to have a whole setting made just for my voice. Just for your... It it registers very low. low No, but it is. And then had to have her whole hearing aid reset because of my voice. Oh, I'm so sorry for her. Um, No, I hear you. I just didn't understand what you were talking about. Well, this is from the point of view of a child who was almost seven. I was still six years old. I was two weeks short of turning seven. And I, this is how I remember it. The revolution happens. And in, on New Year's 59 to 1960, like, you know, the New Year's day was 1960. So fast forward 10 months. During those 10 months, I started to notice things getting weird. Like there were no policemen dressed in blue. Now there were only soldiers with rifles in the corner and stuff like that. And our parents telling us we're not allowed to talk to anyone outside the house. I mean, before we walked out of the house every day, it was like this, you must not talk to people outside. You cannot tell them what you hear in the house. Do not talk to people, not even the bus driver or the lady on the bus, nobody, not your teachers, not anybody. And this was drummed into us every day. I, I literally tell my, I literally said to my just newly seven-year-old yesterday, please don't mention the word lollipop in front of your brother and <laughs> who's two. And he literally one second later in front of Asher goes, so don't say lollipop or that I get a <laughs> lollipop when Asher goes down for his nap. So no lollipops. Except the one I'm going to get. I was like, oh my God, we would have never been able to leave Cuba. Here's the difference. The people we were not allowed to talk to think about the fact that there's now soldiers on the street with rifles and you can't find a policeman anywhere. They all became soldiers. A six-year-old? You know, like you- We were were like afraid, put it this way. That's unbelievable. Um, And then- as the, you know, and then it was the summer and we went to the beach and we did all the stuff. I think I realized in retrospect, we all realized in retrospect that our parents were doing one last time things like all of the friends going together to Aradero, all of the friends doing, there were things, but then go back to school and every day somebody else isn't in school, they're on vacation. So (laughs) our parents tell us, okay, my father left. I don't know when he left, but he left before us because he was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to get out and he needed to settle things before we got to the United States. And then my mother doesn't tell us that we're leaving, obviously, the day before, but in the the darkness of the dawn. You're forgetting the part where she had major surgery like the night oh yeah no and also at this point your your family's mechanic business who's been in your family for 40 years has been taken from them no 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 my the factory no my father had a factory he had a women's dress factory right but also and what i didn't know i found this out later what he did is that he went up to the the jan i guess he was like the the all-around helper janitor guy who used to be my grandfather's all-around helper when my mother was born and he used to babysit for the kids so he was his name was cheche this very wonderful black man with white hair i mean he must have been pretty old because uh, he used to babysit my mother when she was little and look after the kids when they were when he wasn't working in the garage and drive them around and stuff and he did the same thing for us so he was part of our family but he worked in the factory not in my grandfather's garage. And my father went to Cheche and he gave him the key and he said, here, when they come to take it away, tell them it's yours. Maybe you'll get something for it. That's pretty much what happened. Uh, So my father waited, to be honest, my father waited too long. His friends that left right after the revolution were able to take money out and change the money into U.S. money. Some of them had, you know, diamonds and and things like that. You know, like the classic, um, like you hear from the shtetls, you know, they would hide money and uh, and jewels and then trade it in for money when they got to wherever they were going. But my father, uh, a lot of the people, most of the Jewish community supported the revolution because they thought it was for democracy. And only the few very smart ones smelled a rat and they left early. But my dad waited and it was October by the time he left. And uh, the the, uh, Cuban money was worthless. You couldn't use it in the United States. 
So he hid the, and I find this out many years later, I didn't know at the time, he hid money, but they all thought that they'd be coming back, that the U.S. wouldn't allow a communist regime to stay in in Cuba, so close to the United States. And so they hid money in the switch plates of the lights around the apartment. They would wow. took the search plates out. They hid money in all the different places they could. And they, you know, screwed it back in. And, you know, I guess hoping that we would be coming back. The uh, when we left, my mom basically packed up suitcases. And then <laughs> I later realized that what was in the suitcases was some silver, uh, like my grandmother's candlesticks, some other things and photographs. I, I think she probably took a change of clothes for everyone. There was nothing in the suitcases that we could wear or use um, much. There was some, you know, a little bit, like we were going on vacation. Uh, and they told us that we were going on vacation to Miami, and that's where my father was. He was waiting for us. And so in the event that we would tell anybody, that's what we that was the story, that we were going on vacation. And in the cloak of darkness, in the early dawn, Jaime Derechinsky came over to help my mother push the car out of the driveway. She did not want the neighbors to know that we were leaving. You know, that little Von Trapp. Can you imagine getting your kids even quiet to leave the house? Please. I can't even get them to leave the house. Alone. I have to tell you that I don't know how she did it. We were three kids. Harry was, she was by herself. And she had Harry had was surgery. nine. I was six. And Mario was. Didn't she uh, need her gallbladder two. removed like a minute before? No, what she had is that she need to have. Um, she had problems after she had Mario. And so she needed to have her bladder lifted, which is a serious enough abdominal surgery in those days. And the only person she trusted was her brother, who was a general surgeon. And you're not supposed to do surgery on, on a on a close relative. So she used her married name instead of her maiden name. When Cuba, like Montreal, you, women use their maiden name. And so she went into the hospital with her married name and he did the surgery. And then like a week later, and you need time to recover from this kind of surgery. Um, we didn't have a choice. That's when we were set to leave. But she knew that she wasn't going to be able to do the surgery in the States. We didn't have any money and or insurance. So wow. she and she only trusted her brother. And so he did it. And we left and she had the three of us by herself and her friend Jaime Derechinsky uh, came and pushed the car out of the driveway and drove us to the airport. I can only imagine the stress that she was under because she was afraid. Everybody was afraid that they would get stopped. But she had a letter with a visa, tourist visa. And a letter that I still have the letter that says that we have permission to visit the United States on vacation and uh, from the U.S. government. So it was like a tourist uh, visa. And we got there. We got to Miami and uh, we went. It was a propeller plane. I remember very clearly, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We knew we were going on vacation. If anybody asked us where you're going, the only thing we knew is that we were going on vacation. And so we get to Miami and uh, my father and Elena, you know, Elena Yore, remember her, my mother's other yeah. cousin. Mm -hmm. She lived in Miami since she was a young woman. And Anita's so she. sister. Yes, it's Anita and, and the other Julio's sister. sister. Right. Um, and she was very close friends of my father. And she was the one that received him and then took care, helped him take care of everything and waited for us. And I remember landing. And when you land in those days, when you landed, there was an observation deck on in the building where you could go and watch planes arrive. And my father waving to us when we got off the plane, um, it was kind of exciting. And Anyway, so they took us to the hotel. Now, we were totally in sync with it being a vacation because we arrive in Miami. We go to South Beach to the same hotel, the Tropics Hotel, the same hotel our parents had gone for their honeymoon. And there are all my classmates. There must have been like three or four <laughs> families that were also staying there. And I'm like, of course, it's vacation. Now, this is October. It shouldn't be vacation. But, you know, I was six years old. I thought, wow, this is awesome. And our parents, and think about this. We They left us alone in the hotel while they would go and they, they had to go to Hyas and they had to go to, you know, to get an apartment. They had a lot of things to do. So Hyas, children... which then was called the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which is now just Hyas and is doing amazing work helping people right. all around the world, especially the people in Ukraine. Right. Just so the Cuban, Jewish Cuban refugees went, got Hyas to help them. And obviously when we landed with our 
visa for being a tourist, they declared themselves refugees, which all the Cubans that arrived in Miami could immediately get accepted as refugees and the immigration process could start. And so Hyas helped with that. And and we're sitting, we're, we're playing. I have such a clear memory of running around with Rebequita Shapiro, who was my very good friend from school, running around this hotel. And Harry had his pack of friends. And I have no idea what, where Mario was. I don't know if my mother took her with her. He was only two, or he was also running around with us. I have no idea. But can you imagine leaving, you know, this is 19, October 1960, leaving children alone in a hotel the whole day. on Harding Avenue. <laughs> In Miami Beach. And it didn't occur to us to leave the hotel. We just ran around the hotel all day. And the Cuban pennies could still be used to get gum and candy because the machines didn't know that they weren't because they weighed exactly the same as the American ones. And so we had a lot of pennies so we could get gum. And it was just crazy. Okay. Of course, this is the memory of a very small child. So for all I know, it was one hour or two hours and they came back and that was it. I have, you know, so we landed on October 22nd and we moved into the apartment that we would have um, on October 31st. Okay. Oh, I'm going to leave it there. Story, yeah. This story is, so this it. is mom, the lead up and mom escaped from Cuba. One day we'll get mom's stories of the actual, the immigration and, Wait, and we all have of to it. have mom back on Halloween to tell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, story, mom, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, you can oh, and follow- by the way, you should know, I, my parents never told us we weren't on vacation. Their mom still thinks she's on vacation. No, we they just forgot. That's why mom <laughs> loves the beach. Okay. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna close out the episode. Follow us at Friday uh, at Friday Night Movie, Friday night uh, at Friday Night Movie, FridayNightMovie.com, FM Sisters for my sisters, at Pancake for Table for me. Join us in supporting the Entertainment Community Fund at entertainmentcommunity.org. And then there's a bunch of organizations for a bunch of other things we're passionate about also in the show notes every week. Um, Lil and Beck, it was so much fun. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Thanks, Mom. Bye. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FridayNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.